Welcome to the Sharkpreneur Podcast with Kevin Harrington and Seth Green. Kevin Harrington is the inventor of the infomercial, one of the original sharks from the hit TV show Shark Tank, and has generated over $5 billion in TV and digital direct response sales. Seth Green is the world's first trusted authority on cutting-edge direct response marketing, a best-selling author, and the only three-time Marketer of the Year nominee. On the podcast, Kevin and Seth interview sharkpreneurs who share straight talk on what it takes to explode your business. Why do so many businesses struggle while others seem to explode overnight? Do you wish you had the secret to this type of exponential growth? Now, I've scaled more than 20 businesses to over $100 million, and it's not just luck. In my new book with Mark Tim, Mentor to Millions, you'll learn the repeatable framework I use in all my business ventures for massive success. Order at KevinMentor.com and get over $1,000 in bonuses. Head to KevinMentor.com. Welcome to the podcast. This is your co-host, Seth Green. Today, I have the good fortune to be joined by Dina Jalbert. She is the founder and CEO of Align Business Advisory Services, the leading M&A advisor for mid-sized companies disrupting the marketplace. They've achieved consistent 250% year-over-year growth as a leading advisory firm to entrepreneurs and mid-sized companies seeking to raise capital or exit. Dina, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you. I appreciate it. Appreciate the opportunity. Let's go back in time a little bit. How did you get started? Yeah, so I started my career a million years ago um, with Arthur Anderson and have been doing uh, transaction advisory ever since. I kind of flipped sides of the desk uh, in the second half of my career and was the CFO of financially sponsored companies. And so essentially we were doing buy and build strategies, you know, acquiring smaller businesses and pooling them together to exit um, a second time. And through that experience, I just noticed how you know, truly underserved the low to mid-market, uh, mid-market and low mid-market businesses were in terms of having M&A representation and advisory. Uh, you know, there's just uh, more companies than there are uh, investment banks and advisory firms focused on them. So it just kind of left a void. And, uh, and then I decided to jump out and, uh, and do it instead of doing it one-to-one, doing it one-to-many. So here we are. I'm sure the longer version of that story should probably be in a book somewhere (laughs) as a 30 second version. All right. So let's dive in a little deeper. So what, first of all, what's your definition of mid-sized company? Yeah. So we focus uh, essentially on the, you know, lower middle market to mid market. So those are companies that have revenue. I mean, honestly, anything from, you know, 20 million a year to 500 million, you know, just those that, that aren't creeping up to what I like to call enterprise status. Um, those who, uh, and traditionally are still founder and owner operated to a certain extent, you know, even though they're those on the larger end of that spectrum, um, you know, there's more complexity there, but essentially privately held, you know, owner operated businesses, um, uh, about that size. Yeah. All right. So 20 to 500 million, obviously a broad range, but certainly not yeah. enterprise level. Is there a specific mm-hmm. subsegment of the middle market? Is there a specific industry you find yourself working in more than others? What we see broadly within that demographic are service-based and asset-light businesses. You know, if I if I were to summarize what people knock on our door asking for the most, it's 
it's those with you know recurring revenue, asset light, you know low cash flow, um, investment needed, you know to generate revenue. Um, that's the unicorn we always say that the folks are looking for. Um, but within that, uh, broadly, I would say what we as a firm have seen the most activity in, uh, especially on the heels of COVID have been those essential businesses. So your industrial businesses, you know, the garbage still had to go out the next day, right? So waste management, healthcare services, um, and especially with some focus on your outpatient services, you know, home care, elder care, uh, physical therapy, you know, freestanding ERs, things of that nature, um, manufacturing. I mean, I know supply chain is a, is a big hot topic of today. So, um, you know, a lot of opportunity there. Uh, and then um, business services. So insurance, IT services, obviously, now that we're all uh, definitely a hybrid and remote working world for the foreseeable future forever. Uh, so all of those things are the areas that we're seeing the most activity in, you know, ones that are recession resistant. I mean, nothing's ever recession proof by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah, we've seen that. But, sure. Yeah, we wish, right? You know, certainly wish we could be, but, you know, but those that, um, that are just need to have things that, that we need um, as consumers and businesses every day to, to kind of keep marching on each day. All right. And then you help them either raise capital or exit. So let's split those into two groups, obviously. Let's talk about the selling side, right? The exit. What are mm -hmm. some of the biggest mistakes you see those entrepreneurs, those CEOs making when it comes time to sell the company? Um, frankly, not listening and paying attention to when opportunity is available to you. A lot of the time we see clients respond to a direct solicitation from an investor and acquirer. And right now, because capital is just so crazily abundant, I mean, there's trillions of dollars that's been raised and has not been spent yet. It has to find a home. So business owners are getting phone calls. They're getting called on by uh, acquirers and investors looking for good opportunities. And so they will respond to those. And while that's nice, um, it's very siloed. It's You're looking at it in one singular way and you're you haven't really thought about exactly what it is you need, exactly what it is you want. And, and you're not in a competitive situation either. So it's right law, law of supply and demand. If there's one person at the table and they know they're the only person at the table, you know, they're hoping to get it under market. Whereas if you're one of 10 and you've got to sharpen your pencil and bring your A game in order to, uh, because it is that competitive right now. And, and you should be able to have several people um, looking to to be your partner. And it's also really important to find the right partner. We hear a lot of horror stories about acquisitions gone bad, you know, PE investment gone bad, you know, where things just fold, you know, months or years later, um, the company's a shell of itself or, or it has BK'd. Uh, and that can be avoided if you go through the process the right way and you're strategic about it and you find who the right partner is because capital is abundant. So you want a partner who supports your vision, understands your vision, has resources to bring to you other than just capital, and that all takes planning. So what I see is people kind of respond to things that fall in their lap and don't necessarily you know, broadly prepare and then aren't competitive and leave a lot of money on the table. Let's say that we're looking to sell. Um, how do you help in that process? How do you help determine what we're really worth? How do you help? Obviously, the valuation can differ depending on who's acquiring us. Talk a little bit about the valuation process and finding the right yep. strategic fit. Yeah, so the first thing we do uh, with any engagement is we sit down and understand the personal needs and wants of the owners. And whether that's a board and a large group of people or it's one singular owner operator, because again, that's a 
broad range of, of companies we serve, so they come in different structures. Um, but we have to start with what the personal motivations are. Are you ready to hang it up? Is the management team going to stay on and work subsequently post-close, or are they exiting out? What does succession look like? You know, what do you need and want? What does the economics need to be for people broadly? Uh, you know, is there a number that, that is in mind for people? And those are really personal questions, but they're really important. And we always tell folks, listen, we're not here to judge it. We just need to know what it is so we can deliver it for you. And I think uh, a lot of times that's often overlooked um, in that kind of responsiveness way when they're just responding to something they haven't really thought through those details. So first and foremost, that's the thing we do. Secondly, we take a look at the business and we dig into the key value drivers of the business. How is the revenue uh, generated? How consistent is it? Is it recurring? Is it project-based? How much have you been growing? How have you scaled? What is your margin profile? You know, we dig into all of the, the details of the business to say, okay, here's where it is. Now let's look at the market. So the next thing we do is turn to the market and say, where can it go, right? So we know where it is today. Where does it go in the future? Because investors and acquirers buy businesses for the future. And the future to your question can be split in many different ways because the future growth potential for a strategic acquirer versus a financial sponsor you know, or a family office, those are all, they can be different. So we'll, we'll look at all of those scenarios and talk about pros and cons of all of that. And once you merge those three things together, you have a pretty good idea at that point of, who's the right partner, who's going to deliver what the people need, who are in the best position to help the business grow and be successful after the fact and, and reap that large reward and return on investment. Um, and then, you know, who really you know, supports that through the next. So it really informs us which way to go. And, and that's when we march out and, and make that happen. Awesome. What have been, and if your client identities are confidential, obviously make up ABC incorporated or whatever, but what are some of the more interesting cases, clients you've worked with where you were really surprised by what happened? So uh, one client in particular, they're a waste management company and it's a family business and many family members working in it, probably at least 10 uh, large, uh, but super high growth business. But it's actually a pretty young business. It had only been around about five, six years, but had grown you know, 200% almost year over year, just um, growing like um, like wildfire. And they first came to us saying, you know what? Uh, we got an offer from our biggest competitor. We want to explore it. We don't want to sell to them per se, but it got us thinking, what else does the world have to offer? And, and originally they wanted to sell to another strategic company. So an existing, you know, sell in and become a part of another organization. Um, but as we went through the process, and we educated them more on the different types of acquirers and investors, they actually um, abandoned that strategy and we went uh, and found them a private equity partner. And what they saw was the opportunity to continue to grow their fastly growing business, but doing it now with access to so much more capital and so much many more resources and frankly, but more professionalized the business than what they had grown as a family business. Uh, and take it really to the next level. And the idea of being able to grow it to $300 million business, $500 million business, a billion dollar business, and exit it and be able to have a second you know, liquidity event take place in the future was really appealing to them because they had one partner who was transitioning out and one partner who was staying on. And so it really 
it met back to my criteria before it met the personal needs of the individuals, but then met the economics and, and the business had the growth potential. So it checked all three of those boxes. And what's been so great to see is that in the last year and a half since they closed that deal, they've grown, I think, 400 uh, percent and are, uh, went from a regional firm to a national firm. They've brought in some really talented senior executive leadership to round out their management team. I mean, we're going to read about them on the cover of the Wall Street Journal someday. I'm, I'm certain of it. And, and that's really exciting. But you wouldn't when they walked in my office, you would have thought it was going to go a different way. And so it's, it's exciting to see that. That is awesome. And we certainly hope that you uh, have them read about in the Wall Street Journal. Um, let's go to the other side. You mentioned the word horror stories. Um, what is a deal that went wrong and what did you learn from it? I'm sorry, my uh, it cut out for a second there. Do you mind repeating that question one more time? Sure. So you mentioned the word horror story. So let's talk about a deal that went wrong and what you learned from it. Oof. So we had a, uh, a deal in 2020 with another family business, um, but there were five, uh, five individuals uh, who all had kind of competing individual needs. The back to the, you know, start with the people, then the business and whatnot. And so there's kind of five individual competing what's in it for me and all kind of standing in front of one another, there was not a lot of unity in what the outcome needed to be. So uh, the, I'm from the South, so we like to talk about football, you know, it's constantly moving what the end zone needed to be, which makes it really hard to get a good outcome because you don't know what the end goal, you know, is and what a yes is and what that looks like and who's the right partner if you're kind of constantly changing your criteria. So we went through a process, it was very competitive, there were a lot of great groups, and we narrowed it down to uh, one party. And the deal um, d died for about four months um, because the valuation expectations of the clients were just so unheard of because with five people, it just kept ratcheting up. Well, I want this, but I want this too, and this, and this, and this, and this. And there wasn't a person at that table willing to compromise on behalf of the greater good, and it just kept ratcheting up. And, you know, listen, investors and acquirers, we all want return on investment. And so there's a hurdle <laughs> that after a while, you just can't clear. And so it did, it, and it died out. We also had a um, uh, some legal counsel that was a part of it that was a challenge. Uh, they were not necessarily helping the process along and giving sound guidance. So all of those dynamics made it really uh, tenuous. And so we had to, we had to pump the brakes there, but you know, the, the silver lining to the story is the deal wound up getting done because after about that four or five month period, when we just kind of cooled jets, everybody came back to the table and realized what, what they really did want in the end and how this group really was that right party. But you know, the horror story here is you, when you go to market, you and your partners and your leadership group have to be in sync on what the needs are of everyone and of the business. If you go into it and haven't really flushed that through, you're, you're going to find yourself in a position where I, I honestly, I was surprised that deal got done. I, we really thought it had died at one point in time and it got resurrected, but it wasn't pretty. Acquisitions International named you the best mid-market M&A consultancy of both 2019 and 2020. And I'm sure 2021 is in is coming. What is, with all that success, what's your biggest challenge now? Keeping up with demand. Um, there's just the, the abundance of capital in the marketplace is 
it's nothing. I mean, I've never seen anything like it in my 20 plus years of doing M&A. I mean, it's really, it's exciting, um, but it is overwhelming. Uh, and we are approached multiple times a day daily by people who are literally getting cold calls. Oh, I had a conversation with a uh, owner of a company this morning who someone just left him a cold offer on his voicemail, on his cell phone voicemail, like, hi, I'm calling from XYZ, and um, I want to buy your business for X. And he's like, I, oh. I've never talked to these people. They know nothing about me. You know, I don't know how they would you know, even begin to value that. And so it can be, it's exciting times, and that can be overwhelming. So for us, um, we've been growing leaps and bounds. We've um, we double the size of our team every year, and we're, we're just trying to keep up to help as many businesses as we can, as well as help as many investors as we can find good assets. You know, find companies who are looking to grow, especially on the heels of COVID. There's a lot of corporate development groups of strategic acquirers who are looking to grow and make up for, you know, for a couple of years where things may have been tepid, um, excuse me, tepid. And, you know, we want to help them to achieve their objectives. That's the beauty of truly being an intermediary and sitting in the middle as you you know, you get to see the value that's created on both sides. All right. Your passion is obvious. What do you like best about what you're doing? Helping, helping the people. Uh, our, uh, our number one core value is service. Uh, you know, I've been a service provider since I graduated and you know, became a working professional. So, um, you know, our, our customers are, our, our is what get us up in the morning every day, you know, our clients and their needs and making sure that we get them the outcome they want. And it's exciting to see that, you know, this, this case study and story I just shared a moment ago, you know, I, I run into that, that broader family uh, in town and they'll stop me and just like, I, you know, I can't thank you for all that you did for us and our family. Um, and all I did was just tell the story of what they've done. You know, we're, we're just telling their stories and getting them to the right people. Um, but that is, that is what we are passionate about. It's what we're the most excited about. It's the thing I love the most. And we work with so many different sectors and industries and types of businesses that it's amazing to see how people make money and just, it's, you know, it's a good look into, you know, um, what makes America capitalism great. And, you know, that's a lot of fun as well. That is awesome. For our folks who are watching and listening and want to learn more, where is the best place for them to go to learn more about you and Align? Absolutely. Please check out our website at alignba.com. Uh, you'll find us on uh, you know, LinkedIn and various social media uh, as well, but uh, feel free to, to ping us. You know, we love to have conversations with folks, uh, you know, coffee, a drink. It can be virtually as well. Just uh, ping us. You know, we love to talk. Awesome. This has been Seth Green with Dina Jalbert of Align Business Advisory Services. Dina, thanks again for your time. Thank you. Thanks everybody for watching or listening. We'll talk to you or see you next time. Do you need money to fund your idea, product, or service? Are you ready to take your business to the next level but need capital to get it done? Kevin Harrington has heard more than 50,000 pitches and knows how to help you make the perfect pitch to get the funding for your entrepreneurial dream. He's distilled the process down in his perfect pitch cheat sheet and it's yours for free. Just text PITCH to him right now at 727-888-2100. Text PITCH to 727-888-2100 right now and claim your free perfect pitch cheat sheet. Text PITCH to 727-888-2100 to start funding your dream today. This show has been produced by Market Domination, LLC. 
To discover how you can have your own show completely done for you and turn it into a real published book and become the authority in your marketplace, go to www.marketdominationllc.com slash podcast offer. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.